Buckle up. It's showtime. It's time for the green room with Sean Green. Ba -ba -ba, ba -ba 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 -ba. Let's get started. And now for the moment no one's been waiting for. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. We're doing it live on SeanTGreen.com, presented by our dear, dear friends over at 24-7 Comedy. And, of course, as always, sponsored by Amazon, guys. Amazon, it's the greatest, right? You've all heard of Amazon. I don't need – doesn't even need a sales pitch, Amazon. Amazon, it's its own brand. Basically, if you've done shopping online, you've experienced Amazon, and how do you how do you support the green room and uh, support yourself by making holiday shopping easier? You go to shantygreen.com, click the Amazon link, and uh, you know we over here at the green room, and by we I mean me personally get a little cut of that, get a grease my wheel, and we're all happy. Amazing podcast for you guys, just me tonight, or whenever you're listening to this, it's tonight for me, Sunday night, long day of football, hanging around. Got a lot of stories to get to, just a lot of a uh, lot of good pod going on, a lot of talk happening. Of course, if you're listening to this and you're in the Lehigh Valley, make sure you guys get tickets to a Steel Stacks Arts Quest show. Myself and uh, Mr. Johnny LaQuasta will be co-headlining a show there December 20th, help bring in the holidays, going to be a grand old time. Some of the proceeds are going to be donated to charity, I'll be donating mine to Livestrong, of course, and Johnny... We'll be donating his to Angel 15 Foundation. I want to say it's Angel 15. I hope it's, I hope it's Angel 15. In hindsight, I probably should have looked that up prior to doing the live read about Angel 15. There, there I am again, saying Angel 15. It might be Angel 34. Listen, it's got Angel in it. All right. And now, hopefully, I, I hope it's not. Hope I'm not confusing it with some other awful charity that goes by the name Angel and some sort of number. I imagine that's not happening. Hopefully there's not some foundation out there that is looking to, I don't know, some sort of anti-foundation that's looking to spread disease and is using Angel and some other number, which I incorrectly cited. If I did do that, guys, I apologize. I feel awful about that. But let's be honest. It's time to move on. <clears throat> Man, clearing my throat a lot. True story, Sean. True story. All right. Let's just hop into the news. A lot going on. I love these. Uh, I love these weird stories. Like if you go, I love uh, finding the wacky news. Actually, this is listed in the online uh, business news of the Huffington Post section. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I should uh, clue you in on the title of the article that I'm going to comment on. Diners called fat girls unchecked from Chili D's restaurant. So now. I don't know if this was always going on, but I feel like there's been a rash of them, or maybe it's just now that everyone has Facebook and they can post photos and Instagram that this stuff goes viral and we hear about it. But apparently, these women, three girls, went out for some some food and drinks over at Chili D's in Stockton, California, which Chili D's, I'm guessing, is exactly what you think Chili D's is. I guess it's Chili D's Sports Lounge. It's a part of the Cameo Club Casino in Stockton, California. Stockton just... Awful town. Awful town in uh, California. People think of California as a great, amazing state. And, yeah, there are some cool cities, Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, great times. But then there's a lot. California is a huge state, and there's a lot of these towns that are in the middle of the, I don't know, like these desert areas, kind of barren, very white trash. Stockton would celebrate its white trashness. It's been, it, like, 
whenever those lists of worst cities come out, it's always Stockton. Any any city that someone likes to represent with a lot of anger, usually not a great city. Stockton, California, one of the cities. Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz, I forget which one. The Diaz brothers, both in the UFC, both represent Stockton very hard. And they're just animals, which great. Stockton, great place to breed a cage fighter. Probably not a great place to try and raise a sane family. I don't know. Stockton, admittedly, not a great place. I feel like I'm making this about Stockton when really it's about fat girls. <laughs> now, so I guess, now I've never worked in a restaurant, but it sounds like when you're basically running up a person's tab, you got that kiosk there, you're typing in what they ordered, and you give them some sort of name like, hey, guy in blue hat. Or I would imagine normally you go by the table number. If not, maybe it's easier to just call them something. In this case, this guy – now, I don't know if this was intentional. Obviously, it was intentional to call him fat girls. But I don't know if he printed out the receipt not knowing that it would say fat girls. <laughs> and they were, I guess they were interviewed on the news. <clears throat> Slow day in the news when uh, – <laughs> This is a part of the news. Uh, here's uh, one of the women who is one of the quote-unquote fat girls, as reported by the news. They don't want to actually call them fat girls. I saw a picture of the woman. She's a fat girl. Quote, I got the bill, and I was like, why does this receipt say fat girls, Duran told News 10. At first, her friends didn't even believe her. Huerta was like, you're lying. And I was like, no, I'm serious. Look at it. She was like, fat girls? <laughs> So it's great how women tell a story. <laughs> I know I I rely on a lot of crutches like you know and like and so maybe I can't talk too much, but <laughs> I just love how they use the direct quotes and it just makes them sound like awful storytellers as well. You're lying, and I was like, no way, I'm serious. Look at it. She was like, fat girls. Why does it say fat girls? Probably because he thinks you're fat, and probably because you're fat. Not to sound like an old, out-of-touch asshole, but if I got a receipt that said, you know, hey, guy with giant weird head, I don't, I don't know, weird, bald weirdo, creep guy, guy who's a piece of shit, I wouldn't, I wouldn't send this to the news. I wouldn't take this into the news. If you're a fat person and someone called you fat, would you? is that something you want put on the news? <laughs> And they, of course, when they do like the lower third of the, you know, of the news story, they don't write fat girls. They just write restaurant patrons with outrageous bill. Can you believe this? Yeah, you can believe it. It's a guy working at a sports bar. This is probably, this is probably the highlight of his day is coming, getting to come up with nicknames to shit on his customers. Yeah, I can imagine that guys at Chili D's Sports Lounge aren't. They're not in it for the hospitality, all right? They're in it for the 15% tip. And, yeah, maybe he didn't think these chicks were going to tip well, so he wanted to be a dick. Or maybe he's just angry at fat people. Or maybe he's just fucking around. Maybe he thought, oh, hey, the busboys, they would get a kick out of this. Or maybe it was a little joke to himself. Maybe he was honestly concerned for their health. Listen, I just want to hang on to the ability to make fun of fat people. As a comedian... As a person who enjoys making fun of people, I enjoy putting people down. And Sean, why? Does that make you feel better about yourself? Yes. I'm a simple man. I enjoy making fun of people. It makes me feel a little bit better. And 
it goes it goes both ways. Feel free to make fun of me, guys. I get fucked with all the time. You know what? Makes me a little bit tougher, and uh, it doesn't get to me. Or if it does get to me, if if someone strikes a nerve, maybe I patch that nerve up. Maybe if I'm fat and people call me fat, that makes me feel bad about feeling fat. And you know what? Then maybe I start jogging. Maybe I start working out. Maybe if someone called me a loser for losing a lot of money gambling on football, I would gamble less on football. Maybe that's what we need, guys. Maybe that's what we need in our life. A little negative affirmation, right? Everyone's on board with positivity. But let's be honest. Maybe Where's the – I just – we've come to this this point in life or, or in, our, in our culture where it's never – there's literally no – personal responsibility it's not hey i'm fat it's this is outrageous this is an outrageous bill can you this is so outrageous that someone oh my god yeah can you imagine people call you fat this guy was not the first person that has called you fat if i told a story about you guys i would probably say these fat chicks because it's a descriptive adjective it paints a picture listen I said three fat girls at Chili D's, okay? You immediately came up a picture in your head what they look like. You're exactly right, okay? And who's the prick now? No one, because that's how life is. You can describe people as fat, and we can get over it. Why do we bother teaching kids? Why do we have the, what is it, idiotism? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Why do we have that? If we don't make any attempt to move past that as a society, we teach kids, hey, guys, words can hurt, but don't let words hurt you. You're better than that. You're special. You're awesome. We give all these people this so much self-esteem, and then when they go to the real world, they crumble. They crumble like rocks. They crumble like dried pieces of dirt. They're not even rocks. They crumble easier than rocks. They crumble like Oreo cookies, which they crave because they're fat girls. This isn't a tirade on fat women, okay? It's they could just say three fat asses, and it would be it would be the same time. I'm sure he calls. I'm sure there's some guys who go to Chili D's and are huge fat asses. All right, I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's a women thing. I don't know. Maybe they're obviously women are more naturally sensitive about their looks. Okay, I mean they got they they, they show the receipt. So obviously they're not self-conscious about their weight because they don't mind the receipt of what they ate at Chili D's being put all over the internet. They got three tri-tip sandwiches and fries and three Cokes. So listen, (laughs) hey, if you were releasing that to the news, wouldn't you throw in like a Diet Coke? Wouldn't you Photoshop that a little bit? Uh, You're ordering three tri-tip sandwiches and fries and Cokes. Hey, maybe maybe you like to be fat. You're obviously fine with being fat. You're not making an attempt to fix your fatness. And then you go to the news reporting that you're fat. Hey, we got called fat. That's outrageous. Wait, are you fat? Yes, you are. I get it, all right? This isn't when there was a guy. Now, there's an earlier incident. I think it was like a Domino's or something where I think it was like Papa John's. And I I think a guy printed out like chink or something on the receipt or the N-word. Something to that extent to describe the person. Now that 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 obviously deserves some sort of response. Hey, listen, I I would have just I get it. You want to go to uh, 
you want to go to the news and you want to try to get some big class action lawsuit against Papa John's. Really, we can move on with an apology. The guy was probably just some jerk off at Papa John's. I'm not defending him. When you start using racial terms and stuff like that, okay, that's crossing the line. That's different because you're not, you know, you're not a Chinaman or you're not the N-word. You are a black person, but you're not, you're not the, uh, the stereotypes or the slurs that they're accusing you of. I understand why you'd be more upset about that. Fat girls, they're fat. It's a physical description. It's a medical description. I understand why you're upset, though. But aren't you also a little bit embarrassed? Weren't fat people? I remember when fat people were embarrassed to be fat. Am, am I wrong? Listen, they still left the house. They had jobs. They had kids. They had family. They had, they, they had dignity. They had pride. But they certainly would be embarrassed. If someone called me fat, printed out, hey, you're fat, my first instinct isn't to go to the news to go, can you believe they called me fat? Well, you're kind of fat, right? No mention in the article of how much these women weigh. Listen, it, yeah, it was, was it rude? Sure, it's rude. It's rude to call people fat. It's rude to call out the reality that people live in. It's rude to call out the reality of uh, the, the way people look. Sure, that's rude. But if it's something you can control, like your fatness to some degree, I don't know. I just – I don't understand how the first move isn't totally embarrassed. I understand you're pissed off at Chili D's. Hey, listen, perfect time not to tip. This guy obviously doesn't care about his tip. Hey, 0% tip, walk out, never come back to Chili D's. Hey, maybe throw this on Yelp. But they'll go to the news for Christ's sake. I don't understand it. Wow. Man, did you guys see that Pacquiao-Marquez fight? One of the greatest. A lot of people like to say boxing is dead, but I couldn't disagree more. And you saw the Manny Pacquiao versus Juan Manuel Marquez fight. You would have to agree. It was an epic, epic fight, man. It was six rounds in. Marquez connects with Manny Pacquiao, knocking him out cold. Like, there was a good two minutes where the guy, I think Pacquiao, honestly, was not exaggerating at all. Manny Pacquiao was unconscious for 90 seconds to two minutes, just flat out unconscious. And there's that moment where you're just like, oh, my God, this guy got killed. This is it. This is when a guy gets killed in the ring. Oh, my God, I just witnessed a guy getting killed in the ring. Oh, my God, I just lost money on a guy who got killed in the ring. I didn't lose a lot of money on the fight. What I did was I bet on Marquez to end the fight within the first five rounds. Of course, he wins it in the sixth round, but I just threw like five bucks. It was a little um, gambling pool I was in with my buddies. I, now, I thought I thought uh, Manny Pacquiao would take this. I thought Manny Pacquiao would win by a decision just because that's the way these things go normally, especially at this weight class. So I think 147 pounds, it's just two guys just go back and forth, a flurry of punches. Pacquiao knocked uh, Marquez down early on. Marquez knocked him down once before he knocked him out unconscious. Man, was that exciting. The whole room just jumped up. And that's, oh, man, just some gladiator bloodlust. It felt I it felt alive, man. That was, a, that was a hell of a knockout. Very exciting fight. Also, one thing that was uh, was really disturbing was how... 
feel like if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're like, does he just bash on women? Is that what he does? He's just a guy who bashes on women? No, but now this woman who was one of the boxing judges was comically ugly to the point that it was distracting. <laughs> and she was huge. She was a gigantic woman, not like fat, not like a, she's not a Chili, uh, Chili D's regular. She was broad, shouldered, big. Literally look like a character out of a Will Ferrell movie. Like Will Ferrell in drag. Someone pointed out uh, that we were watching the fight with. Basically looks like Will Ferrell's Janet Reno impression. Like Janet Reno's dance party. This is what the – with worse teeth. Like she had a gap in her tooth and she was just sitting there right behind – like she was sitting there obviously at ringside. She's one of the ringside judges and – Something about the way the camera was. Maybe she was on some sort of stand, but she towered over the two other women and guys sitting next to her. She was a good, good like two feet above the people next to her. So she, it just made her look that much more gigantic. And the way the ropes were in the in the boxing ring, it just framed her head perfectly. So you could not. I was watching the boxing fight. It was one of the best fights in the past ten years. But I kept being distracted. I kept glancing over at this intensely ugly woman and man I, I felt bad for her honestly I did I don't I don't feel bad for these chili D's gals but I, I felt bad for this woman because she was clearly not attractive and I'm guessing that l- listen life has a way of working itself out she was not an attractive woman but now she's in Hey, listen, she's in a respected uh, authority figure in boxing. So she found something where, hey, people don't care about your looks. You go and you become a boxing judge. She seemed very successful. Obviously, she's she's scoring this uh, Marquez-Pacquiao fight. Just imagine the exact the polar opposite of a ring girl. That that's the that's the female jobs in boxing. You have the ring card girl and you have the girl who is kind of a tomboy scoring the fight. And this woman was the epitome of that. Also, great part about these uh, these world-class boxing matches is the celebrities you get to see come out. Ron Artest was there, a.k.a. Meta World Peace, which is surprising because while well, I'm taping this on a Sunday, the Lakers had off on Saturday, but now the Lakers are playing Sunday night in Utah. I'm pretty sure they were, they were down last time I uh, checked before I taped this. They were down to the Utah Jazz, so they they lost to the Jazz. Los Angeles Lakers season just falling apart. And for a guy who's not a Lakers fan living in Los Angeles, I can tell nothing makes me happier than seeing people get bummed out about their sports team. For a guy whose sports team, the Philadelphia Eagles, have never won a National Football League championship. Or actually, they've never won a Super Bowl. They did win a championship before it was called the Super Bowl, all right? That's how old it that's how old their streak goes on. It just uh, it tickles me pink to see other people lose. Hey, Sean, does that make you feel good? Does that make you feel good to have other people sad because their team's not doing well? Yes, it makes me feel great. I can Oh, my misery pit. There's more room for my misery sports pit. Come in and join me. Come in and, jo- and soak it up. Your team sucks along with mine. It does. It feels great. So Lakers falling apart. But, yeah, a couple other celebrities at the ringside for Steven Seagal, who somehow has worked himself into being uh, Pacquiao's ringside guy. He's he's literally in the ring. The other people are uh, great seats, but Meta, or, uh, Steven Seagal 
is in his corner. Steven Seagal, who obviously uh, we've been on the Steven Seagal train for a long time. Uh, I mean, what's not to like about Steven Seagal? He, uh, yeah, he's just a, he's a trip, man. He takes himself extremely seriously. That whole lawman show where he actually played the life of a sheriff. He has no idea that he's fat. Oh, it's so great. Uh, and, um, yeah, no, he was, uh, I was trying to, I'm trying to search the, the story. But, um, <laughs> all right, yeah, here we go. Sorry about that. I should have done a little bit better prep. But Steven Seagal, he had that show Lawman. Now, um, it basically got taken off the air. And one of the reasons it got taken off the air was Steven Seagal was sued for having sex slaves. I'm not kidding you. Uh, Steven Seagal, I guess MSNBC reported that Seagal had been accused of hiring women to act as his sex slaves, serving his strange and sometimes violent sexual desires, who... It sounded like he got some maids in and there was some sex going on and he had been keeping two young female rush attendants who were essentially on call for sex, but the sex wasn't regulated. And then there was some, <laughs> oh man. And now supposedly he tried to keep her from seeing her family and then she had to escape. This is the one woman's claims. Uh, <laughs> and as, oh, this is a great, this is from the MSNB, MSNB. See report on Steven Seagal having sex slaves. Quote, and as if having sex slaves wasn't enough, she also claims Seagal had an unspecified, quote, unique physiological reaction when aroused. <laughs> uh, Steven Seagal, class act all around. So he's sitting in the corner of Manny Pacquiao while Manny Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao gets knocked out cold for two minutes. They got to bring the smelling salts out. He somehow gave an interview after the fight. Manny Pacquiao, guy who thinks he understands the English language, but if you, you can clearly tell the guy ha, just doesn't know English as, at all, and then people just – he's a heavyweight fighter. Or, I mean, you know, he's not a heavyweight fighter, but he's a prize fighter, so people just kind of laugh at the fact that he's kind of says stuff, but he doesn't really understand English, and he just says things. He's like, and the thing with the thing, and then, uh, you know, hey, that's my thing. you And – you know, he's kind of got the timing of someone who's trying to be funny and personable so people just laugh. I think I think Mandy Pacquiao thinks he's hilarious. He's a very, like, loose guy, and he's kind of cracking jokes all the time, but he gets a lot of laughs. I, I, just as a comedian, I'm kind of jealous when you see a guy like Mandy Pacquiao getting a ton of laughs on, like, a talk show. It's like, don't you realize people are laughing at you because you're not saying English well. It's not like you came up with a... It's not like they're laughing because you really know how to turn a phrase, Manny Pacquiao, or your very snappy punchline. It's because you can't speak English well, and people find that funny. Oh, look at the guy. He, he doesn't speak English well. That's funny. Oh, look at the Manny. Yeah, he's Manny Pacquiao. He's adorable. It's one of the few guys you think prize fighter is also kind of like adorable. Manny Pacquiao, though, classic uh, prize fighter. He... Basically, all of a sudden, he had this change of heart and became super religious, and he gave up drinking, gambling, and women. And Jimmy Kimmel, this is when he was on the Jimmy Kimmel program, asked him about it. and was like, wait, what do you mean you give up women? Aren't you married? He's like, oh, yeah, but I give up women. (laughs) 
But I guess he closed down his sports bars because it was leading him to cheat. And this is what this is. Listen, this is one of those things where women in this country or just in general, we get a, America's always beating itself up. Oh my God, we're so the women can't get ahead in this society. This is so, oh my God, this is so awful. Manny Pacquiao just openly cheated on his wife with literally no repercussions and then just decided to give up cheating on his wife because he didn't want to do it anymore. Not because, <laughs> not like, oh, she was leaving him. There was some big scandal where he got caught. It's just like he got tired of cheating on his wife. So he retired cheating from his wife and suffered no consequences. Okay, Philippines is, the Philippines are way, be hard, way, way behind in gender equality, all right? So I know it's a small step, but guys, we really have to celebrate the fact that we as Americans are much farther ahead in gender equality than countries like the Philippines. Although that being said, a lot of professional athletes' wives do stay with them after they cheat. So maybe, I don't know, <laughs> maybe it's not that unique of a situation to just seem like, the, he was just that blatant uh, to admit it and then openly just say, hey, I mean, really, I was just uh, dumping on Kobe Bryant, but I think he did that exact same thing. I mean, yeah, he got caught. He, he had to give her a giant ring. Maybe it's a little bit different. We've, we're a little bit more uh, pussy whipped here in America that we, sure, we allow our professional athletes to cheat on their wives, but if they get caught, they have to have some act of contrition, a press release saying they're apologizing. You know, three point one million dollar diamond that Kobe got for Alonzo Bowden, a very funny comedian, had a great joke about the Kobe Bryant situation, where Kobe Bryant recently is actually getting divorced finally, and he's and Alonzo's joke was, "Hey, this like what did he have to do? All right, his wife." Stuck with him after he allegedly raped that woman in Colorado and she still stayed with him. What did he now have to do or what did happen that, okay, now she's leaving? Like, what was, all right, that's it. That's the final straw. <laughs> I honestly, it kind of gets your mind reeling of, oh my, oh, he's Kobe Bryant. I'm sure it's just constant cheating, right? Or he's not emotionally there. Imagine if you're forcing yourself on women in Colorado, allegedly, or whatever he was doing. Just that uh, they obviously had sex. Whether or not it was consensual, that's who 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 will never know, right? That's between those two love those two crazy lovebirds, or I guess um, not lovebirds if if she was a victim of uh, sexual assault. But hey, that's for the courts to decide. I wasn't there. I, I mean, you you hear these arguments, and I do think. Yeah, I do think some women might exaggerate some floozy women who would see, hey, there's a potential payday, especially in someone who, listen, guys that I hang out with from high school aren't getting accused of sexual assault. You know why? Probably because they don't make a lot of money. They're not super famous and they're probably not committing sexual assault as well. So. It works both ways. The professional athletes are probably more inclined to getting everything that they're used to. So if a girl does say no, maybe they're more inclined. Like Ben Roethlisberger, I think, definitely raped uh, those chicks at least at one. But then in the Kobe situation, who knows? Maybe it was just a – it's the Kobe situation and his defense, it sounds like a little bit more of a he said, she said where – 
hey, they were having sex and he went a little bit too far or she consented to some of it, but then she didn't. Or maybe she's saying that after the fact. And then you get the DNA of her panties. God, our society is just so concerned with such nonsense. I, I don't know. Obviously, sexual assault, very serious uh, charge, and guys doing that should be locked up. But I guess, I guess just nonsense in the idea that we're testing people's panties. Like, we're just all such animals. We're just all such animals. <sighs> now, this was a sad story, but also a story where controversial – another con- – Green Room controversial stance. Another, another contrarian pick from Sean Green. I'm going against the grain, guys, on this next story. So there was a prank call. I guess uh, Kate Middleton recently had her baby with Prince William. Uh, I'm just women. Th- this is uh, this is like fantasy football for you guys. We just. Anything about the, the Princess Diana, the, the prince, princesses. Listen, hey, you're all princesses, all right? Now can we stop hearing about the these royal couple, which guys could not care about the royal couple any, any less than they do. So anyway, obviously there's some – I'm not even going to take the time to research the news story more about what – it sounded like Prince William – Knocked up this chick, Cat William, or no, Cat Williams. <laughs> Kate Middleton was knocked up by this other guy, who I guess is the prince. Anyway, they're at some hospital hanging out, doing the birthing, or I assume so. The meat of the story I'm trying to get to was these uh, radio DJs called up and did a prank call, basically claiming that. Now, I don't remember um, – okay, so these radio DJs, they're from Australia. And the the woman who killed herself was Jacinta Saldana? (laughs) Okay. Well, so now I guess there are these two nurses. They called up, and um, they're shock jocks, okay, shock jocks. They called up. They, you know, they made a prank phone call. They made a prank phone call. And um, so, sorry, I was just trying to get a little more about it. But so they made a prank. These uh, Australian radio DJs. They made a prank phone call that they pretended basically that they were. I sound like a complete asshole. I don't know why I can't get my words out on this issue, but all right. So they called the hospital where the the royal couple was staying. They pretended they were someone else. They got all this revealing information, this personal information, and they totally humiliated this nurse. She felt awful. She felt really bad. She ended up killing herself. Now, of course, there's huge outcry and anger over these Australian DJs. They're such assholes. And... Listen, they are assholes, okay? They're they're DJs on a classic rack station in Australia. I'm sure they're colossal assholes. But let's let's be honest, guys. Let's not pretend that they deserve to have this the blood on their hands. 
Okay. If someone is willing to take their life, that means they are psychologically damaged enough to take their life. You can't will someone into taking their life. All right. Yeah, you can make their life miserable and you can make their life a living hell. And that makes you probably a crappy person. But at the end of the day, if you kill yourself, you're responsible for that. All right. You're it's on you. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the person was depressed. They're suffering from mental illness. That's very sad. But let's let's be honest. We're, we live in we're all adults. OK. We're all going to have stuff not go our way. OK. Let, people listening to this right now. You might not have a job if you kill yourself right now. Who is that? Is that the economy's fault? Is that uh, Barack Obama's fault for subsidizing all these government programs that went nowhere and failed to stimulate the economy? And then you can't find a job. Is that does Barack Obama? Does he have blood on your hands? If your boss fires you because you're not doing a good job and you kill yourself, is that is your boss responsible for killing you? Is that is the boss's blood? Yeah, it sucks to get fired. It sucks to be embarrassed. Yeah, and these uh, these old people, these old nurses were probably really kind souls, okay? The nurse that killed herself, I'm sure, was a nice lady, and I feel bad for her that she was embarrassed, and I feel really bad that she killed herself, but let's not pretend that these radio DJs, yeah, they're dickheads, okay? Fine, they're dickheads, move on. They're not going to be taken, brought up. You can't bring them up on charges. Yeah, they obviously they. I'm sure they feel bad, but they shouldn't. They shouldn't act like they willfully took another one's soul or that. Oh my God, you're being reckless. Oh, oh you were out of con- you were speeding out of control and you clipped a nine year old. Yeah. Okay, that's a little bit different because you put yourself in a risky situation. Making a crank call is not a risky situation, right? When I called up a department store and said, "Hey, do you have a, you know, when I called a drug store and well, I was 12 years old and asked if they sold cotton ball, or if they have cotton balls." And the drug store clerk said, "Yes." And I go, "What are you a teddy bear?" And then that guy decides to go off himself cuz he got humiliated by a 12-year-old. Is that my fault? No fault no as a grown person you should be able to take a prank okay that's 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 adulthood you should be able to deal with stuff you should have you should have an ability to handle life all right yes life is a contact sport all right we're gonna get knocked down we're gonna get we're gonna get jacked up. We're gonna you're gonna have you know, hey, one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna get some really bad medical news, all right? Does that mean you're just gonna kill yourself? No. Does that mean it's gonna suck? Yes. Does it mean you're gonna have to go to the hospital a lot and deal with a lot of shit? Yes. But does it mean you're gonna kill yourself? No. Why? Because you owe it to other people around you to A stay alive. And B, not drag them down and be depressed. Okay, yeah, it sucks being depressed. I've been depressed before. And yeah, there's a mental component of it. There's a brain chemistry thing. But you owe it to yourself and more so to people around you to fight, to be happy, to try to try to live a good life, try to be a decent person, and not kill yourself. Not killing yourself is such an easy way to maintain a good legacy. And at the end of the day... It's all said and gone. All we have is, hey, listen, 
Wait, when I'm gone, all I'm going to have is these podcasts that people can download for eternity. I'm assuming, hey, unless something happens to the internet, these podcasts are going to be up for a long time or until my GoDaddy domain name expires. Whatever happens first, these podcasts are out for... Listen, you have your work, your legacy, your kids. And why would you want to do that by killing yourself? Why would you want to damage that by killing yourself? And we, in a small way, maybe we don't shame people enough who kill themselves. Because we think it, in the back of our heads, we think, oh my, guy's kind of a coward. It's sad, but you think that that person's kind of a coward. They took the easy way out. And we say that, but maybe we need to... Maybe we need to be more vocal about it. Maybe we need to shame people more so that they don't think of suicide as an option. Maybe that would deter suicides. I don't know. Probably not. The people that are depressed, it's not like, oh, my God, now people aren't going to remember me well. My legacy is going to be tarnished. Uh, that's just going to bum them out more and probably make them want to kill themselves more. All right. I don't, I don't have the explanation for everything. I don't have an explanation on how to cure suicide. But it's not chastising Australian radio DJs for crank calls. Yeah, they're assholes. I think they realize they're assholes. I think the fact that this chick killed herself, that's damage done, all right? As far as a guy who's been involved, a guy who's not afraid to uh, call up and make some crank calls back in his day, this is the worst-case scenario for a crank phone call. Um, uh, All right, yeah, you got me, and then I'm going to kill myself? Really, chalk this up to people not being able to take a joke. Now, the... Guy, the linebacker, or no, sorry, the nose tackle for the Dallas Cowboys, who's driving, intoxicated, speeding, flipped his car, and his buddy died. Okay, that guy should feel bad. That guy was being reckless. Listen, these radio DJs, I'm sure if they have a soul. Now, listen, yeah, are they dickheads? Yeah, they're dickheads. But I'm sure they have a soul. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they have a soul, and I'm sure they feel awful about it. There's no point in trying to do anything more or, hey, they lose their job. Why should they lose their job? Their job is to make wacky calls and crank calls and have fun. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe they should lose their job because now they're going to be insanely unpopular and people are going to hate them. And I guess part of being a public figure like a radio DJ is being popular and being well-liked. So in that sense, yes, maybe, maybe they don't deserve to have a job. I think as a podcaster, I'm worried because now these people are just going to have a podcast. If I know anything about failed uh, classic radio DJs, is they eventually get a podcast. So the point is, we need to we need to loosen up. Oh, add that to the list: the racist sorority photo, quote unquote racist sorority photo that was uh, leaked or whatever. There's a Penn State sorority. I guess they had some. Hey, dress up like Mexican uh, party, theme party. It was around Halloween. They all dressed up in costumes. They had sombreros, ponchos. They had fake mustaches. There, and then there were two signs. There were two signs that the girls were holding up that um, that is giving everyone, is making them so angry. Now, here's the thing. Sparks controversy. There's an investigation. Everyone is so apologetic. Hey, this does not embody the. I love when these fraternities or sororities, like whenever whenever there's an incident with a fraternity or sorority, they 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 find like the national spokesman. <laughs> Listen, 
okay? We at the very historical national allegiance at Delta Chi organization, we do not condone butt chugging, all right? Now you get some, like, 50-year-old guy who's an alumni of the the fraternity just going out explaining, listen, we are against butt chugging. We are not for butt chugging. We are against butt chugging. This was a dark day on the Delta Chi Omega fraternity when they brought in butt chugging. I love just the serious statement they release on these kids just being dumb fucking college kids. So they... it's just all these white chicks at a sorority party with wearing fake mustaches, sombreros, and ponchos holding up two signs. Two signs. There's one photo. One sign says, we'll mow lawn for weed and beer. Isn't that every teenager? Isn't that, isn't that basically why I mowed my lawn from age 13 to 19 or 20 or whatever? So that I could get money so I could buy Weed and beer? Oh, my God. That's – oh, that's that's just – that is just below the belt. And then the other sign the, the woman is holding says, I don't cut grass. I smoke it. First off, how is that insulting to Mexicans? I thought the stereotype they were trying to make – this now this sign's just confusing because – the whole stereotype they're trying to go for is that all they do is mow lawns, but then he's saying, I don't cut grass, I smoke it. So wait, he's too lazy to be the lawnmower guy? So wait, he's a lawnmower guy, that's a pejorative insult, that's stereotypical, but then if he's too lazy to get his lawnmower job, that's uh, that's racist. This is not racist, all right? It's too – listen, is it – it's not even inappropriate. It's college kids having fun, all right? If I was a Mexican guy, my problem would be why is there why are they not allowing any Mexican girls in their sorority? That would be my question, not why are they having this wacky sorority party? My thing would be like, hey, what are you guys segregating against allowing Mexican girls into the sorority? What's the admission rate at Penn State University for Latinos? Is it is it fair? Are they getting a fair shake? Okay? That I could say is maybe all right, there's they're not being racially sensitive. They're Listen, obviously it should go, the sorority, whatever, it should be merit-based. But, hey, maybe maybe their admission policy isn't, um, is, you know, somehow skewing one way or the other racially. Okay, that you could say was racist. It's a racist action. This Mexican party, it's not racist. It's not. And if you call stuff like this racist, it takes the sting out of racism. Okay, because then when real racist shit happens, like Latino guys not being admitted to Penn State or something like that, where there was legitimate, possibly, I'm just coming up with a hypothetical scenario, like where there is legitimate racial segregation. Racism implies an action, in my mind. In my definition of racism, it implies an action. It implies calling someone a slur, not giving them a job, or basically negatively impacting their lives, all right? Ball busting with jokes and poking fun out of stereotypes. Listen, I live in Southern California. There are plenty of Mexican guys who drink beer and smoke weed. As as the majority of people in California drink beer and smoke weed, all right? Majority lots of people in California smoke marijuana. I don't I don't think I'm blowing anyone's minds by that statement. And yeah, there are a lot of illegal uh Mexicans living here. And a lot of them do uh, landscaping. It's an easy job to get. 
And, hey, they don't check for papers. The guys start their own businesses. So it's something to be so ashamed of. Oh, my God. I'm so – oh, this is such a horrible stereotype. It's like the stereotype of Korean people eating dogs. Korean people eat dogs. It's not, it's not a stereotype. If you go over to Korea, that's part of their culture. They eat dogs. If you go to Mexico, some Mexicans wear sombreros and ponchos. Yeah, are they poking fun at the culture? Yes. Okay. What's? Oh yeah. Oh, what when they had White Trash Day, where the outcry in the white trash community. When they had um, Oktoberfest and people dre- dressed up in lederhosen and and you know made wacky jokes about sausage. Was anyone complaining? No. God, just so sensitive. That that's I think that's the yeah that's the that's the uh, theme of this podcast is sensitivity. The fat girls who complained about being accused of fat girls they're sensitive. All right. Yes, I guess I don't know. Hey, Marquez. He's sensitive to the fact that he lost to the previous three fights to Manny Pacquiao, so he wanted to knock him out, all right? He was sensitive. Uh, <laughs> nose tackle for the Dallas Cowboys was not being he was not being sensitive to the needs of other drivers and pedestrians, and he got into an accident, all right? It's classic not being sensitive when he should have been. The woman who received the prank call at the hospital, the nurse, too sensitive. <laughs> I mean, the jerky boys would be serving a life sentence. Are you, what, are you going to charge them with manslaughter? I mean, they were killing it. I mean, they broke my ribs from laughing. It's a prank call. Oh. Just so sensitive. I'll tell you what, though, guys. I'm, uh, I'm a sensitive guy. I, yeah, actually, I am kind of a sensitive guy. But my sensibilities kind of got thrown off here with this Let's see. Yeah, this. Uh, yeah, I got a couple more things here to wrap th- before we uh, wrap up the podcast. I saw Huffington Post reported mother-daughter porn duo Jessica Sexton um, aiming to be filthy rich. Rich. Well, yeah, obviously a mother-daughter porn combo is in it for the money. They had some great quotes. I mean, this is this is just disturbing. Hey, listen, I'm no I'm no prude. I'm not uptight, but mother-daughter, that's just – and I feel like I know sick guys. Like I feel like I've heard twisted, hey, I saw this video. This is so crazy. But I've never heard anything related to the mom-daughter. Two two girls together, yeah, that's that's cool. That's attractive. But the fact that they're actually mom and daughter, that's just disturbing. Um. They insist, okay, although mother and daughter have sex in the same room at the same time, often with the same male or female partner, they insist their encounters are not incestuous for legal and personal reasons. <laughs> they don't actually touch each other during sex scenes. Now, I understand the legal loophole of <laughs> legal and personal reasons. I know the legal loophole of like, oh, hey, we can't touch. This would be incestuous. That's illegal. Then this porno would be illegal. We could get in trouble. But personal reasons? Bru- okay. Hey, listen. Oh, okay, mom. Yes. All right. We're going to have sex. We're going to share a partner. We're going to have this threesome. But 
don't whatever you do, don't touch me. Okay, then I don't want things to get weird. All right, you touch me, things could get weird. And uh, listen, I, that could be disturbing. That could be damaged. I mean, psychologically, I just please don't. Whatever you do, just stay away from me. Monica, twenty two, the younger one. Hey, and uh, also in the mom's defense, 56 and great body. Monica said the kinky choreography is a lot more difficult than her mom makes it sound. It's not easy to do, she told HuffPost. Our lips never touch, and that can be a problem when filming. (laughs) Oh, classic on-the-set hijinks. (laughs) Oh, God. Like, I've seen it all. Seen it all. Wrap things up, Psy, the uh, rapper from Gangham Style. I know I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but hey. Once you hit 25, you just can't keep up with this pop culture anymore. So Psy was seen. Uh, I guess some video surfaced of him saying some anti-American stuff. He was in a video, some like hardcore rap rock video, and he has a tank, and he's mocking uh, American imperialism and – they, oh, they, they're so mean to uh, – he's from South Korea. He's, like, complaining, oh, they're so mean to to these Iraqi prisoners, and they tortured him, blah, 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 whatever. First off, Sai, obviously stay out of your own business. You know, hey, Sai, mind your own business, okay? I love how everyone hates America until it serves them. Oh, yeah, America's a huge piece of shit. Oh, my God, I sold 3.5 million tunes on uh, – uh, iTunes? Oh, my God. Oh, America's a corporate fucking pig. Oh, $800,000 check from YouTube for my uh, corporate partnership with Google AdWords? Hell, yeah, I'll cash that check. Everyone's a communist till they get a huge paycheck from some American corporation, let's be honest. Sorry, we could buy and sell your fucking commie bastard soul. Now, listen, obviously... He's Sai. He's a South Korean guy. Fine. First off, if you're South Korean, don't you don't you feel like you have bigger fish to fry than America? Wouldn't if I, if I was South Korea, you know, all right, you, the guy I'd be worried about, the guy I'd be mocking, the person I would be burning in effigy would be North Korea. I, I feel like North Korea a little more. If I was a South Korean guy, probably my top ten concerns, America's not up there. Yeah, America, we're not perfect. We get it. We have media. We understand we're the big bad guy. Okay, fine. But if I was South Korea, North Korea, top of my list of countries who are probably going to make my life miserable, countries most likely to fuck with me. Uh, South Korea, when was the last time we took out one of your uh, subs for no reason? Um, South Korea, when do we ever get encroach in your demilitarized zone? South Korea, when do we just randomly test our military strength or fire rockets in your area. Like, all right, all right, South Korea, I get it. It's hip and trendy to, hey, take down America. Screw America, man. Hey, I also noticed on that video where you're shitting on America, you have you, you have Google advertising enabled. So, listen, you're, you're, biting, the, <laughs> you're biting the hand that feeds you, Cy. In Cy's defense and in South Korea's defense, Cy is probably a fucking idiot, right? Like, obviously this guy is, he's probably, he's the equivalent of, like, a South Korean carry. He's a South Korean Katy Perry, am I right? Like, this guy probably is not a super smart guy. Instead of having giant cleavage that shoots out whipped cream and has Snoop Dogg hanging out in the background of her videos, you have a guy dancing around like a weirdo. 
that people just find hilarious. I mean, Sai, you do realize the majority of the people that watch the video were laughing at you and not with you. It's not like you become a, a voice of a generation because we, I mean, William Hung, yeah, he got a lot of YouTube hits. Uh, we're, not, we're not going to him when it comes to foreign policy, all right? You're a well-put-together William Hung at Sai at best, all right? Now, maybe there's some, earnestly, your, your song is catchy, so you're a little bit higher up on the spectrum of William Hung. Okay, you're not retarded. It's not strictly laughing at you, but there's a good 25% that were laughing at you and, hey, look at this funny Korean guy dancing around. It's all in good fun, though, guys, isn't it? It's all in good fun. Listen, Sai, he's not sensitive about it. He's cashing a check. He's doing all right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Don't be so sensitive. That's the message for today. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. Hey, Help a brother out, click the Amazon link, and if you're in the Lehigh Valley or Philadelphia area, not too far of a drive, it's going to be a fun Thursday night show. Steel Sacks, great venue. It's uh, basically where Bethlehem Steel used to be. They tore it out, built in this nice, amazing uh, arts facility, and of course, right next to the casino, if you want to do some gambling, shopping, eating, great restaurants, the whole nine, world-class entertainment facility, I'll be there December 20th with my main man, Johnny LaQuasto, and of course... For you folks in the Los Angeles area, every Thursday, 8 o'clock at Rafa's Lounge, the Comedy Garage, this Thursday especially, the 20th, we will be having a Christmas special episode, so make sure you guys come out for that. Cheap beers, good times, great laughs. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We do it live here every week on SeanTGreen.com. This has been The Green Room. The Green Room with Sean Green. Keep up the great work. See you later. Download archived episodes at 247comedy.com and follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. He should have seen she was really naive. Shit, she was still only 19. And he was many years older. But he seen her walk by in them tight jeans. And he looked at her like, that's my queen. Cause he thought that he could mold her. But it's over, yeah. no. Larry was a 39-year-old dude who was getting over divorce.